Welcome to this special edition of the Clock Talk Podcast, Clock Mindfulness for the Legal Mind. I'm Jen McCarran, your Clock Talk host. And as host, I'm honored to introduce you to our Institute Morning Meditations in partnership with Warrior One. These morning meditations are a great way to ground yourself before the excitement of the day ahead. And now, Warrior One's founder, Judy Cohen, will walk you through some practices to support relaxation, insight, and happiness. Hi there, this is Judy Cohen from Warrior One, and we're excited about the free mindfulness legal mind podcasts we've created for CLOCK. And we're even more excited about supporting effectiveness and well-being through mindfulness for the members of CLOCK. So let's get started. Here's podcast number one, Mindfulness for Focus and Well-Being. Everyone listening knows how things are in the legal profession. I'm a lawyer and a law professor, so I have a pretty good sense as well. And let's just start with something I'm guessing we can all relate to, which is that the law is a really busy place, which points to what at Warrior One we call the four perils of the law. These four perils are the same for legal ops leaders as they are for lawyers, but they operate differently. Let's go through them and then explore how mindfulness can support you as you navigate these realities. The first of the four perils, overwhelm. There's a lot happening in the law and also in strategic planning, in financial management, in project management, in technology. In other words, also in legal ops. The correct answer to everyone to the question, can you take this thing on as well, is always yes. And the now infamous big law slide for its newbies that said, if a client wants a mountain moved, we move it. No questions. That's the invitation you receive as well. This is because... Your culture in legal ops is essentially a reflection of what's going on with the lawyers and vice versa. One influences the other or a more accurate way of saying that is that the two cultures aren't separate, they're interconnected. And we know from contemplative neuroscience that our mirror neurons are flashing all the time. And then in this way, my overwhelm might make you feel breathless or anxious and yours might make me feel breathless and anxious. And my calm, my focus, my well-being is also infectious. So in considering the options around the first peril of overwhelm, the question is not so much, how do I do less so I'm not overwhelmed, as it is, how can I do whatever needs to be done without getting overwhelmed? And that's an inquiry that's focused on personal well-being. And then also, how can I support a movement away from overwhelm and towards focus and well-being in legal ops in a way that influences our organization, which is a focus on changing the culture in a positive way. So that's the first peril, which is overwhelm. And then the second peril, the invitation isn't just to move mountains. It's also to make sure everything is done perfectly. The infamous slide also says, once you touch a work stream, you own every mistake in it, fair or not. And this isn't just true for lawyers. It's also true for all of you. Anyone working in tech or finance knows this for sure. And in project management and strategic planning, the buck always stops with you, which comports with the tone that was set by lawyers decades and decades ago. It's a ruthless game of tag you're it. And similar to overwhelm, still the question can't be how can I do things less perfectly, right? Because that's the job description. The question is, 
How can I relate skillfully to the anxiety that can be so easily springing from perfectionism and which negatively impacts my focus and well-being? Third peril, reactivity. All of us planners, managers, tech, and also the lawyers, our minds are beautifully trained. And one way that lawyers are trained and that you bump up against all day long and are expected to take on as well is to always be looking for what could go wrong, what could go sideways. The consequences of missing something are so big personally for the team, for the company. And so you end up with a mind that's on high alert, like cultivating a reactive mind. We're not at work, but we're looking for typos in restaurant menus and social media posts, or we're looking for what's wrong in our relationships or even in ourselves. So maybe the expectation is that everyone in legal ops isn't quite as vigilant as lawyers, but still there is this hypervigilance that you are expected to have. And the question is, how can you let that go when you're not at work, when you're not on call? which is hard because of the fourth peril, living surrounded by conflict. The law is an adversary system, you know, and you're surrounded by warriors and warriors who are delighted to unsheath their swords at a moment's notice without hesitation. Maybe you've narrowly escaped having your head chopped off. There's nothing in the rule book that says legal ops has to take on this peril, but it might feel like, you know, you stop watching your back at your peril. And because of this, you may feel embattled as well, or even combative and definitely exhausted, right? So the great news is mindfulness is this game changer because it can really help. It can help with focus when you're overwhelmed. It can help by helping you to understand how to relegate reactivity and perfectionism to the office and possibly relegate it entirely. It can help with the sense of embattledness and combativeness so that you can relate to the four perils and all of the difficulties of the corporate legal environment with greater ease and well-being. Mindfulness, it's a formal practice and it's also a portable practice. The formal practice is about taking a few minutes each day to calm and focus and train the mind. The portable practice emerges from formal practice. In other words, as we're practicing in a formal way, the mind is changing and we're building new neural connections. And then those neural connections show up in everyday life. But portable mindfulness also can be cultivated on its own. And it's what mindfulness looks like in everyday life. Cornell West says justice is what love looks like in public. And I often wonder if peace is what mindfulness looks like in the law. So let's take three minutes now for some formal focused awareness practice. If you are seated or lying down, then you can stay in the posture that you are in, but be mindful of your posture. If you're lying down, make sure that you won't fall asleep. If you're seated, sitting up straight, but also relaxed. If you're walking, you can continue walking. If you are outdoors and there is a safe place for you to walk back and forth rather than from one destination to another. Or if you are indoors and you can do that with some privacy. Or simply stop walking and stand. 
And then sense your connection to the earth. It might be beneath your feet or it might be 10 stories down. But give yourself a moment to sense into the connection that you have to the earth. Just to ground yourself. And then begin to notice that you're breathing. And just take a couple of intentional breaths. And then begin to intentionally bring the attention to the breath. Simply breathing naturally. Noticing the beginning of the in-breath, the way that it flows, the air flows into the body. Then there's a slight pause at the top of the in-breath. Then the way the breath flows back out of the body, then there's a slight pause at the bottom of the out-breath. And just like this, attending to the breath. And if the mind wanders, when the mind wanders, because it will, because that's what the mind does, it wanders. When the mind wanders, with the most exquisite kindness, just bring it back to the breath. No problem, no judgment, nothing is wrong, nothing to fix. Just, oh, my mind just wandered away, come on back. And then I'm going to ring the bell. And when you hear the sound of the bell, shift your attention and just allow hearing to be what's happening. And that's all. And just enjoy the sound of the bell. When we practice like that, we're training our minds to focus. So over and over, we're returning the mind to the breath. And in doing that, according to contemplative neuroscience, we're carving these new neural pathways of attention. And we're also cultivating a sense of well-being. According to Matthew Killingsworth and Dan Gilbert and a Harvard study they did called A Wandering Mind is an Unhappy Mind, and also the neuroscience that backs it up. When we're present, we're happier. We might be in terrible traffic. We might be into it with a colleague. We might be frustrated beyond belief. And if we're present, we're happier. The present is a space without overwhelm, without perfectionism, reactivity, or battle. But you have to see this for yourself. So see if that's true for you when you take three minutes and practice. 
So mindfulness practice, including formal and portable practice, let's work with this definition, intentional present moment attention with courage and grace and without wishing things were other than they are. Intentional present moment attention, because that's where happiness and well-being live and where we're cultivating focus. Courage, because what we notice is sometimes hard. We notice we're angry. We notice we're shaken up. We notice we're afraid. And grace, because noticing those things with grace or with abundant kindness towards ourselves and towards everybody else, that's the key. Along with focus, that's the neural pathway we want to be cultivating. Kindness, this abundant kindness for whatever is happening. And then not wishing things were other than they are because we're realists. Things are as they are. Even for those of us who are deeply, heartfully committed to justice and social transformation, things in this moment still just are as they are. And there is real peace in being able to see that and be with that. So we take a few minutes. We focus on our breath. We notice our thoughts. We notice our emotions, our aches, our pains, our hunger, our exhaustion. And then we make peace with what's present. And it's simple. It's not always easy because actually sometimes we don't even know what's present, what we're feeling. What am I feeling? So in addition to the formal practice of focused awareness with kindness, which we just did, we can use our formal practice and our portable practice to get to know ourselves better. With a meditation or a portable practice, we can do this in either context called RAIN. So you can keep walking if that's what you're doing. You can settle down and check this out. RAIN stands for first, recognize. Recognize what's going on right now. How am I feeling? What emotions are happening? What kinds of thoughts am I experiencing? Are they positive, helpful? Are they difficult, unhelpful, unskillful? No judgment, just recognizing, oh, A, accept. Oh, this is just what is going on for me right in this moment. Right in this moment, I'm feeling frustrated. Okay, I can accept that. Recognize, accept, and then investigate. Well, how does frustration feel in my body? Well, it feels kind of tight in my throat and my belly feels kind of clenched and my fingertips are kind of tingly. That's interesting. Okay. Now, next time those sensations are happening and I'm paying attention, I might remember, oh, that's frustration. That's interesting. It's useful to know because I might not choose to bring that into the next conversation right? Knowledge is power. And then N, I'm not the only one in the room. I'm not alone. Everyone has felt frustration at some point, right? And it's not who I am either. Not alone, not who I am. It's not that I am a frustrated person or an angry person. It's that frustration is just happening right now for me. So focused attention with kindness and rain. Take these two practices with you out into your day. Take a moment here and there to relax and focus your mind. Cultivate a little bit of peace in that moment for yourself and also so that your peacefulness flows out into the day and maybe influences the people that you're around. And maybe 
and starts to influence your team and the culture of your whole organization when you bring this back, bring this back home, bring this back to your organization. Adrienne Murray Brown says, what we practice at the small scale sets the patterns for the whole system. And with mindfulness, we're doing much more than just taking care of ourselves. We're doing exactly what Adrienne Murray Brown says. We're also setting a new pattern for the system. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Please enjoy podcast number two as well, Cultivating Happiness and Peace. And podcast number three, Mindfulness, Wisdom and Discernment. I'll talk with you there. Take good care. Warrior One is the leading international provider of mindfulness for the legal mind programming. To enhance the well-being of lawyers and legal professionals coping with stress in an affected world, Warrior One offers continuing legal education, both in person and on demand. You can learn more about Warrior One at www.warriorone.com. Come by and check out everything they're doing to support the law, like the weekly call and podcast, The Wake Up Call for Lawyers. Or if you're ready to deepen your mindfulness practice, check out their application for their biannual 2024 Mindfulness in Law teacher training, which will be opening soon. A special thank you to Warrior One's founder, Judy Cohen, who created these Clock Mindfulness for the Legal Mind podcasts. 